Hey guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church in Indianapolis. I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff this morning. Hey, morning, everyone. Jeff, on Sunday, you preached on offerings and yes. um, from Psalm 66. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview, a flyover of the Sunday sermon so people are reminded before we jump into Cut for Time today. Sure. Uh, so Psalm 66 is this um, really kind of a progression. Uh, the psalmist starts out uh, extolling God's greatness, how majestic and awesome he is, and, and the amazing things that he does for us and how he's delivered us, how he rescued his people, how good he is, even, even in carrying us through hard trials. Uh, and, and then at, at sort of the conclusion or the response of the psalmist to this recognition of who God is and, and how awesome and wonderful he is, is just this outpouring of uh, worship that is expressed through sacrifices and offerings. So, you know, that's connected to the Old Testament uh, worship system, but, uh, you know, even sacrifices that were commanded in the law, this is like so far above and beyond. Like, I'll bring fatted calves and goats and bulls, and it's just this outpouring of uh, generosity uh, in response to how he has seen God and how he's experienced him. And, and I think that's the connection point for us uh, is obviously we don't offer, you know, animal sacrifices anymore because Jesus is the once and for all sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But as we see God's greatness, how amazingly abundantly good he's been to us, uh, how graciously he deals with us, then our not just our hearts and our mouths, but our lives and our gifts respond uh, to God, to give back to him uh, out of a response to what he's given to us. And on Sunday, you really focused on um, financial gifts, right? Yeah, because, again, that was the context under the Old Testament system for the people to express their worship and their gratitude and their praise of God. Mm-hmm. But the principle still very much carries through to us because for those people, it was a literal sacrifice. Right. They were taking animals or crops that they would have consumed or sold themselves and given them back to God uh, as an expression of worship and gratitude and praise. So there was literally giving up of something of monetary value Mm-hmm. as part of the worship of the people of God. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we see that over and over again, even through the New Testament. Um, it's a little bit of a jump in some senses because when the New Testament's written, there are no church buildings or are no full-time supported ministers, but clearly the principles are laid out that those whose work is in preaching and in leading the church deserve to earn their living from the giving of God's people. Right. There's the collection for people in need, which is what our benevolence does here too. So um, while we don't see the exact same thing because our situation's a little different, the the same principles are there uh, that Jesus gives and that Paul reasserts Mm -hmm. about generosity being an expression of worship. Mm -hmm. And would you say um, 
you would extend this same idea to anything beyond financial giving. I think when I've heard, you know, sermons or different pastors talk on this topic, they always, I feel like they even just soften the blow. Like, it doesn't just have to be financial. It can also be your time, your energy. So I was kind of waiting in your sermon to hear you say, oh, but, you know, (laughs) take the pressure off, you guys. Waiting to let uh, let you off the hook. I think that's what pastors feel like they have to do. And you didn't, and that's great. But do you agree? Like, you hear people say, oh, but it's okay if it's not financial. Well. And did you feel the pressure? Sure, like you needed to do that? Uh, not really so much. I mean, I think that comes in the context of, uh, you know, a whole variety of preaching. I mean, certainly Paul, and I, I talked a little bit about it in Romans 12. I mean, our whole lives are sacrifices to God, right? And, and taking that, so we talked a little bit about the tithe, the 10% that was symbolizing that all of it belongs to God and uh, we're sort of redeeming it or buying it back in a sense by offering this best and first 10%, the tithe, that again supported the tabernacle and the ministers and and some help for the poor and that kind of thing. Uh, So even in the Old Testament, the principle was it all belongs to God. But you come to the New Testament and Jesus just makes that as clear as possible, along with Paul, for example, in Romans 12, yeah, where he says, present your bodies as living sacrifices to God. This is your spiritual act of worship or your reasonable expression of worship in different translations. So yeah, of course, time, talents, treasure, uh, it all belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, in this series, we're really looking at what we come together to do corporately in worship. Um, and one and, of those elements is a financial offering. Yeah, right. for sure, because that's appropriate. I mean, yes, right. there's the practical reality that if we want to have a church building and we want to have you know, seminary trained pastors and we want to have, you know, quality music and, you know, we want to have well thought out teaching and organized programs. Well, sure, the the way that happens is through the giving of God's people. But beyond just that practical consideration, I think the principle from the very beginning all the way through to our day is money, for one thing, is also a rival God to God. Mm-hmm. It claims our allegiance. It it promises security, significance, identity, purpose, happiness, all the things that God alone really gives us. So, uh, you know, just in, in the God's, of course, infinite wisdom, recognizing the power that money has to grab our hearts, God takes that thing that could be a trap and a danger and a temptation for us mm-hmm. and actually turns it into something that becomes worshipful and uh, effective and useful and fruitful in his kingdom and for his purposes and his glory. So, you know, it's this this area of struggle and temptation and anxiety for a lot of us, and God wants us to know the freedom and the joy of worshiping him first and, and trusting and seeing his provision um, in, in our response of mm-hmm. generous giving mm-hmm. because God is worthy and the gospel is worthy. Of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What what would I give myself? I mean, what is more valuable to give myself to, and and to feel like I'm investing in? Um, yeah, I mean, finances matter. We're supposed to be wise and plan for the future. And sure, absolutely. Um, but to think about ultimately one day I'm going to be gone, and all the stuff that I built and saved for is going to be gone. But I can use what God has given to me now to make a difference for the kingdom and for the gospel and in people's lives for eternity uh, with with money yeah with my time and my talents of course too that's 
that's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to say not only is God worth it, but I get the blessing of being used by God uh, to, to <laughs> do something far beyond my personal capacity. Yeah. Well, Jeff, why don't you share something that you had to cut for time on Sunday that you wish you could have included? Uh, well, uh, C.S. Lewis has some great, uh, of course, always uh, great insights. Uh, he has a little book called Reflections on the Psalms that, like a, a number of his published works, are just kind of collections of different essays. But he has uh, one section there on praising. And the psalmist starts out this section uh, in, on praising God. I mean, that's as, as many of them do. Uh, but it ends up going to talking about how that gets expressed uh, in our generosity. So Lewis has a section where he says, um, Just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that was awesome? The psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. And... Um, we delight to praise what we enjoy because it doesn't just express, but it completes our enjoyment. He says, think about how frustrating it is to have discovered an author that you love and not be able to tell anyone how good he is. Or to come suddenly upon a, a beautiful scene of a mountain valley and, and then have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than a tin can in the ditch. Mm -hmm. uh, to hear a good joke and have no one to share it with. So Lewis is saying there's this part of praise uh, that's just natural to us and that in the context of worship uh, you know he points out that those sacrifices in the old covenant um, were not the goal in themselves um, all the praise that that uh, comes up spontaneously he says are like the tuning of an orchestra it's uh, it's not the end in itself it's not the performance it's the preparing our hearts it's the shaping us in a certain way. Uh, so sometimes there may be just duty in doing those things and, and not necessarily delight. But the doing of them is what shapes our heart for the delight that God intends us to experience. So the giving back, not just of praise, but of financial sacrifices and gifts and, and investments and resources, um, yeah, there's an element of duty to them, but the duty is for the sake of the delight that God intends for us to experience because he is the goal of all that. And mm -hmm. by giving regularly uh, to what God cares about, it's shaping us in a way to be people who actually then grow to care about the things that we're investing in. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, So our feelings are following this yeah, action. Yeah, right. I mean, you... Uh, hear about a missionary or a cause or something, and the more you pray about it, the more you invest in it, the more you care about it. You're actually shaping right. your heart initially in what may feel like duty, but ultimately becomes delight, so that now you hear the reports of how God is working through what you've given or your prayers or part of our missionary family around the world, and, and your heart just rejoices because you've invested something in that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what God intends through those sacrifices and gifts is that, yeah, they're accomplishing something practical, but they're also shaping our hearts. And I liked how C.S. Lewis points out the communal aspect of it, that mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I love this and I'm gonna sh I want to share this with you because I'm so excited yeah. about it. And that's what we get to do every Sunday in our worship service. Uh, it just, I think it just brings it back to the fact that like, that's why it's an element of our worship service. That's why we do it together. Right? 
Absolutely. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm sitting here nodding my head, everyone, and <laughs> smiling and giving Claire thumbs up. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, and that's true for our singing together, our praying together, and our giving together because mm-hmm. we're being shaped together as people who are saying, yes, this is what we value. And, and God is our God and money is not our God. And how awesome it is that God could take the things that he's put in our hands and we get to joyfully and freely give back to him to see him glorified in it. And, mm-hmm. and we are growing together to be a people who encourage that in one another. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for bringing that full circle. No, you did it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Team effort. Woohoo! Go team. So Jeff, um, any stories or illustrations that you'd like to share before we go? Oh, I, we probably need to cut for time at this point. Um, yeah, I just uh, thought about you know a couple of small practical things. I remember years ago when our kids were little, they're mostly out of the house now, but uh, we had these little plastic banks for them with three little sections in them, and yeah. I, I think you can still get them. You know, like, you can. We just bought one for Hazel. Oh yes, awesome. Well, <laughs> Amazon. Was, yes. Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. one for saving, one for spending, and one to give back to God. Yep. Uh, and you know, so we just raise our kids that way and it was just a weekly thing as we were talking about allowance and money that they'd earn from chores or whatever or they got birthday gifts how do you want to use this and you know how do, how do we how do we want to allocate this and then slowly they take over more ownership for it and mm-hmm. um, it's just been neat as we've talked with our kids uh, and prayed with them about where we've invested our money and our prayer and our care, that they participate in that. And, and they've taken ownership of that in their own lives. And to see them grow up and um, say, okay, I'm, I'm, here's dad, can you take, I forgot to take my check to church. Can you, you know, take it in for hmm. me? And like, well, wow, that's, yeah, that's awesome. You can see, now that they're grown, you can see yeah. the investment of energy that you put when yeah. to, into it when they were little. Yeah, and it's just, I sometimes money is just weird. It's like something maybe we don't talk enough about. Um, but to, you know, whether it's, you know, you're raising kids or just with friends or other family or whatever, to be encouraging one another. Like some of these, like, questions that came to my mind. How is mm-hmm. God's greatness being reflected in my financial priorities? That I'm pointing people towards God and not towards me. Right. Uh, that my giving, uh, how is my giving reflecting God's lavish goodness, abundant, overflowing goodness to me and his graciousness? Like is uh, that, I mean, what if we talked about that, not just in our, fa- in our families and our small groups with our friends, like that's like, we don't go there very often, but right. why not? I mean, that's part of encouraging one another and spurring one another on to love and good deeds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, a um, pastor I like listen to on a regular basis, he shares that um, he did a sermon on finances and mm-hmm. he shared that he has a group, maybe two other guys, they get together on a monthly basis and they specifically meet around this topic of money and they have wow. the permission to ask each other any question that they want to about how they spent their money and they hold each other accountable wow. and they have to get permission from the group before they, if for any purchase over a thousand dollars. And to me that seems, I'm listening to this, I'm like, that is so vulnerable to be able, like a pastor wow. there and it's just two other people in their community. Um, holding each other accountable to how we use our money because I don't think we talk about it right. um, enough right. to make it comfortable. And so I'm hearing them talk, him talk about mm-hmm. this, and I thought, I don't know who I would feel comfortable asking mm. 
in mm. our community who I mm. would just give full oversight, but then why wouldn't I? Why don't yeah. I feel comfortable? I don't know. How do well, you? How does that make you feel, Jeff? It's challenging, but also a little exciting. Um, like, wow, that, that would be hard, but if we're committed to do that in community together and we're just committed to being honest and gracious with each other, then why wouldn't we do that? Like... Mm-hmm. If, you know, and that extends out to all kinds of areas, right? Whether it's lust or greed or sloth or envy or wrath, like uh, all those kind of big areas that are temptations for us. Like, why wouldn't we get together with a couple of people and talk about struggles I have with sloth or with lust or with greed? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, boy, those, I mean, that's the stuff our world loves to promote as you know, kind of virtues and the yeah. pathway to happiness. Yeah, something uh, to acquire yeah, or if, brag. Yeah, if we're going to be countercultural and shaped more by Christ than the world, we need that with each other. But, yeah, it's a challenge because in our culture we're so private. And, I, you know, I don't want anyone knowing what I make or knowing how I spend my money. And Which in itself, then, that's probably the, the very reason we need to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my flesh is already rebelling against it, and mm-hmm. I don't like it, and it makes me uncomfortable, which yeah. is often a good sign that that's God saying, yeah, that's probably why you need it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're listening and you want to be a part of Jeff's accountability group, <laughs> reach out to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're the one that started this, I think, so. Mm, I already said I don't know who I want in my group. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not me, apparently, so. <laughs> Uh, anyways you guys thank you so much for listening to cut for time this week and um, if you would consider sharing this podcast with somebody so others find out about the ministry here at faith church if you'd like more information about our church you can find us um, our website is faithchurchindy.com and um, we will be back again next week with pastor jeff talking about psalm one awesome tagline jeff yeah so i had a thought this time Maybe it's worth wrestling through um, what we mean when we say God is worthy. What is he worthy of? Um.